I destroyed a racist town as revenge for what they did to me. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. I was browsing Ask Reddit and came across a thread about whatever happened to that trench coat kid at your school. I was that trench coat kid and I came back to town and destroyed it years ago. As a background, I grew up in a conservative little town in a conservative rural area heavily dominated by religion. This makes people put great stock on moral purity and appearances. Keeping up the facade is the most important thing. Everyone must go to church weekly and people are heavily judged for appearing sinful. This was a bad thing for me as the cards were heavily stacked against me from birth. You see, my mother was abused and I was the result. My mother lost her parents when she was young and was taken in by her uncle and aunt. The uncle had an important position in the local religious hierarchy. So when he and a couple of his friends started using my mom, it was ignored by everyone. When she got pregnant, it was painted as her being a harlot running around seducing married men. She was cast out. Why she didn't move out of town, I don't know. But yeah, there I came into the picture. Born out of wedlock and with no father, branded a sinful outcast. My childhood was rough. I won't go into details, but enough to say that by the time I started going to school, I was quite damaged. School made it worse. I was bullied relentlessly. Teachers were part of it since they were all part of the religious community, which saw me as stained. Imagine being the only black kid in a town run by KKK and you get close to how it was. So yeah, in school I became that trench coat kid or its local cultural equivalent. I became weird and hostile on purpose to turn people off. People were casting me into the mold of being damaged and stained, so yeah, I took it and turned it into something to protect myself with. Despite all this opposition, I managed to graduate with decent grades. A distant aunt, my only decent relative, helped me get into a college in an actual city. She was the black sheep of the family and saw herself in me, maybe? Around this time, my mother drank herself to death. Can't blame her for it. She had a life insurance policy that helped me study. City life liberated me. I went into therapy and managed to treat the wounds that town had sliced into me. I got rid of that horrible town, but I guess some part of it never left me. Years went by. I became a sort of analytical consultant. I work for an international company that does sort of out-of-the-box analysis for other companies. I won't go into details to protect my identity, but we assist in solving all kinds of situations. Well, in my line of work, I'm sometimes called in to help downsizing operations. This sucks. I feel for the people who get fired, but if I wouldn't do it, someone else would. A couple of years ago, I got an assignment to go into three different factories and assess them wholesale, then come up with a suggestion on which of them to move abroad. My hometown was among those three factories. You see, the terrible town I grew up in was one of those one smokestack towns, like we say in my country. There was one factory and some agriculture. Everyone worked in those jobs, like 60% of the people in the factory. The rest of the economy rolled around supporting the factory and the people working there. Most of the people had nothing to look forward to but a job at the factory after getting out of school. The religious community running the town ran the factory as well. The big shots in the community tended to be the bosses in the factory. This meant that the factory wasn't run that well. Promotions were based on holiness, not on merit or skill. The trip back to my hometown was glorious. Most people didn't recognize me at first. The chubby outcast on the face of it had become just another corporate drone. I inspected all the paperwork, listened to all their speeches and lies, audited the processes. In the process, I dropped hints and finally they got who I was. The factory people 
threw a party for me then for old times sake. Many of my old school buddies were there. We remembered fake good times together. I threw shadow on every part by pulling up some certain event of bullying I had endured, just to see the atmosphere turn awkward. Then I laughed at it like it was always a joke and I had grown out of it. Inside, I was seething with hatred and enjoying all of this. I really loved seeing their faces, seeing what they had become, because screw it, I was going to take it all away from them. In the end, they seemed relieved, believing that they were lucky it was me doing the audit, that the hometown boy would protect them. After my visit, which lasted a couple of days, was over, I cruised around the town in my rented car, just to see how the people lived and to remember what it was like. My state of mind was something close to arousal. I had never understood why people pursue positions of power, but yeah, now I understood. The rest is, as they say, history. I wrote a really scathing report documenting every little flaw and mistake ever done in the town plan. I didn't need to lie or fabricate. I simply took things that existed and polished them till they looked even worse than they were. The factory was shut down and in the following three years, the town died. No business venture ever came to replace it. Drug use and alcohol use spiked, as did crime and domestic violence. Lives fell apart, families fell apart. They still haven't recovered, save for a few brighter souls who moved away. I still stalk them on social media sometimes, enjoying how crappy their lives are. How they all finally got to pay for what they did to me and my mom. I didn't feel a slight bit of remorse. If I could do it all again, I would. Only I'd first make it so I could be present to watch when they received the news about the factory being shut down. Heck, in my fantasy version of the events, I'd stay in town for a year just to see everyone fall apart. In reality, I will only go back there once, when my uncle finally dies. I'm going to go and urinate on his grave. So, let me ask, am I the jerk? Wow, this one got pretty heavy pretty quickly. What happened to the original poster and his mother is completely awful to hear, and there's no excuse for that kind of treatment. It's truly unfortunate to hear about these kind of communities that have these kind of power struggles even within themselves, where certain people have so much control that they're able to abuse it in ways like this. I am glad the original poster was able to get out and make something of themselves and get something going, despite everything that had happened to them. And I totally understand wanting to get back at the people that had hurt you and your mother the way that they did. But I do also have a hard time cheering for a whole town full of people who had their lives essentially ruined. I'm sure there are a lot of people there that did deserve to get screwed over, but I can also guarantee that there were other people just like our poster there, and that these actions could have triggered something else that led to them having a very similar fate to him, being left with nothing and having to struggle to survive. I guess in summary, I get it. I can't can't really call you a jerk, but I can't really call you the hero in this situation either. My girlfriend might be a little too obsessed with Pokemon. So, my girlfriend loves Pokemon. Sometimes when we go out, she'll ask me if it's alright if she checks for some Pokestops on Pokemon Go. When someone we know talks about Pokemon, my girlfriend gets really excited and wants to be friends on Pokemon Go right away. She also has many Pokemon plushies, all of them in our shared bedroom. At first it was cute, but my friends started to make fun of me for dating a child. My girlfriend is very mature and an amazing partner, but when I brought up how her obsession with Pokemon is embarrassing for her age, she felt insulted and told me her liking and playing Pokemon is no different than me playing League of Legends in Minecraft. 
Still, my buddies are making fun of us and I'm afraid she'll get hurt once she hears them. What do I do? How do I convince her that maybe she should tone it down a little? My friends are visiting us and I'm sure they're going to make fun of her when they see all of her plushies. Update. I've decided to post this update because you all were right. I didn't have a girlfriend problem. I had a friend's problem. So I had a talk with my girlfriend like one of the users suggested. I explained to her that I'm not ashamed of her hobby. I just didn't want her to know what our friends were saying behind her back. She said she doesn't care about their opinion. She's just doing what she enjoys most. I apologized to her and she also agreed to move her Pokemon plushies so they won't take up so much space. Fast forward to today. A few hours ago, our friends have visited us. It didn't take long for them to start making fun of my girlfriend. This time, I got mad. She organized her plushies so they were all in our bedroom. She's not even once mentioned Pokemon, nor did she open the Pokemon Go app. Long story short, they were forced to leave. I've realized they don't have a problem with my girlfriend's hobby. They have a problem with my girlfriend, and I've enabled their behavior by not reacting sooner. I told them they're the ones that need to grow up and to visit us again once they'll stop being boomers. To show my girlfriend how sorry I am and to better understand her hobby, I've downloaded the app myself. So now I'm trying to level up as much as I can because she has a mission when she needs to trade a Pokemon with a friend. But to do so, I need to be at least level 10. Thank you for all your comments. Even the mean ones. They worked as a wake-up call, I guess. So for this one, you don't need to answer. I know I was the jerk. Well, this is a little refreshing, isn't it? We have someone who was in a kind of understandable situation, realized that they were being the jerk, changed their behavior, and apologized for it. Really, I don't think you can ask for much more than that. Girl, if this is how he resolves all of his conflicts, you've got yourself a winner. Kudos to this guy for just being a 100% respectable human being. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.
Oh, you're having a family vacation? I don't mind crashing it. Several years ago, my amazing wife and I got married in early winter. We basically eloped after a fairly short courtship, though I had met her family and she'd met mine. However, our families had not yet met each other. Our families would have to travel from overseas to be where we are. But after some planning, we were able to make arrangements for our families to meet in February, around Valentine's Day. We decided to meet up in a small scenic tourist town in some mountains that was sort of between where my brother and I lived. Our families met and everything went quite well and everyone seemed to be hitting it off. But early on, my brother had told us that his friend, entitled person, would be driving through this area with his girlfriend and would just say hi. Now, I had known entitled person for several years and while he's generally a friendly guy, he's pretty spoiled and quite entitled. In all honesty, what followed is just one in a series of other stories I have about this guy and the major reason why I try and avoid him. But I thought he would be fine in a small dose and I was so happy to have been married that I didn't care. Entitled person person and girlfriend arrive around noon and congratulate us, say hi to the families, and in general we have some pleasant conversation for an hour or so as we walk through this little town. Eventually, we told entitled person that it was wonderful to see him, but it was time, and we were getting quite hungry and we were going to start looking for somewhere to grab lunch. He said, No problem, that sounds great. We all sort of looked at each other for a moment before my mom said, Oh, well, why don't you and your girlfriend join us, entitled person? My mom had planned to treat us all for lunch anyway, though I had not counted on Entitled Person. But it was still a wonderful time. We tried to say goodbye to Entitled Person again, but he was having none of it. Him and his girlfriend walked back to the hotel with us, but they were hanging out in the rooms my family was staying in, and we assumed that would be that. Our families met up for our celebratory dinner that my in-laws had wanted to treat us all to, with Entitled Person and his girlfriend in tow. We said, hey, Entitled Person, this is really just a family dinner for us. So, to which entitled person replies, Oh, that's okay. We don't mind. Again, awkward pauses and my gracious in-laws basically end the silence by inviting them to join us. They proceed to order very expensive meals and drinks while steering conversation towards themselves. Super weird. We split up for the night. My wife and I went for a walk and just kind of talked about how weird and socially out of touch entitled person and his girlfriend are. But at least we would have one and a half days without them. Wrong. We wake up the next morning and meet up for breakfast. The hotel had a free breakfast buffet. And who's there? You guessed it. Entitled person and girlfriend are eating everything under the sun in the hotel. They had stayed in my family's room. Apparently, they were scared to drive on in the snow that had fallen while they were here. Never mind that about five times as much snow had fallen in the morning. And, of course, couldn't move on without eating free breakfast. We were going to town to walk around and grab lunch? Perfect. Entitled person and girlfriend wanted to eat at this restaurant. Grabbing some dessert? Entitled person wants two scoops, please. They stayed with us the entire trip. The number of times they picked up a check? Zero. Number of times they paid for themselves? Zero. That whole trip they were driving out for anyway? Never happened. It has proven to be a funny, expensive little story that all of our families still laugh at. The funniest yet strangest part of this whole event was that somehow we came into possession of girlfriend's iPhone charging cable. Not the adapter, just the cable. This is literally the kind you can buy for about the cost of a sandwich. I kid you not, for the next week or so, entitled person was calling me to try and get this cable back for his girlfriend. 
in spite of it costing more to come get it than to just buy a new one. But what was funny, and classic entitled person, was that he was always trying to orchestrate picking up the cable from us when we were out at dinner or someplace fun, where he was obviously going to try and get free food or activities. He was audibly disappointed over the phone when I told him I was just leaving it behind the wheel of my car. But fortunately, we have not seen him since. So, am I the jerk? Definitely not the jerk on this one either. Your feelings are totally valid. This person forcibly inserted themselves into your entire family vacation for multiple days and didn't bother to contribute at all. They apparently literally just wanted to tag along for a free mini vacation. I don't understand how you can be this entitled when clearly you have nothing to work with yourself. Have people literally been coasting you through your entire life this way? To the point where you think acting like this is socially acceptable? Either way, the poster and his family managed to keep everything civil, everybody's moved on, no harm done, and you've gotten a kind of funny story out of it. Like I told you, Karen, I don't work here. So my brother-in-law was decorating his apartment in preparation for the holiday, and he asked me if I could go along and help him as he's not brilliant at interior design. I happily agreed as a day of shopping with him is always fun. We enter our local home furnishing store and prepare to shop. Being a former retail manager, I'm pretty good at figuring out store layout quickly, so I know exactly where to go for each item Big Bro has listed. We're casually making our way through the list as I point out where we need to go when a lady grabs my arm. During a pandemic, I might add, and I instantly tense up. Here's how it goes down. The cast, me, big bro, entitled Karen, and store employee. Entitled Karen. Excuse me, there are other people in this store that need help you now. Me. Kindly let go of my arm, please. Entitled Karen. No, you've been helping this guy for ages. It's my turn. Me. He's my brother. Now get off of me. I shake her arm off and she gets huffy. Entitled Karen, you can't give preferential treatment to family members. You have to help all customers. Me, no, I don't. I don't work here, lady. Entitled Karen, yes, you do. How else would you know where everything is? Me, because I used to work in retail. Entitled Karen, so you do work here. Big bro, no, she doesn't. She said she used to. Entitled Karen, interrupting. You stay out of it. You've hogged her long enough. My big brother raises his eyebrows at me as if to say, sorry, I tried, but he bails at this point. Can't say I blame him, but gee, thanks, bro. Store employee comes over and asks, is there a problem? Entitled Karen screeches, yes, this employee won't help me, but she's been helping this other customer for ages, pointing at my brother's rapidly disappearing back. Store employee, ma'am, she doesn't work here. She's not even wearing clothing that looks remotely like our uniform. She's a customer, too. Entitled Karen. Then why does she know where everything is? Zill's employee looks taken aback, so I decide to rescue her and say, Because I'm not a moron and can shop by relevant department contents. Entitled Karen goes several shades of purple and starts screeching for a manager. The store employee just tells me to carry on with my shopping and that they'll handle it from there. Later, as we're queuing at the till, Big Brother and I see Entitled Karen at the customer service desk, gesturing wildly in my direction and still clearly in full rant mode. We pay up and I can't resist but to give her a cheeky wave goodbye as we head out of the store. So, am I the jerk? I got to admit, part of me wants this to happen to me one day because it just sounds so satisfying. 
Sure, the initial interaction is a little awkward and frustrating, but to get to end it like that, oh, that would just make my week. Well, again, kudos to the original poster. No threat at all of being the jerk on this one. When someone comes up to you in public acting all entitled like this, you're allowed to be a little rude to get them to wake up and realize the situation that they're in. The only reason they get so angry afterwards is because they're embarrassed at their own behavior. They know it wasn't appropriate. They just don't like being called out on it. But you know what? Too bad. You don't leave the poster much choice when you're getting in their face like that. As the store employee said, the poster wasn't even wearing clothes that remotely looked like the uniform. So this lady just saw someone who happened to know where everything was and assumed they worked at the store and were there to help her. Maybe they're just a regular at the store and don't need to ask someone every time where they need to go. If you shopped here on a regular basis, shouldn't you know where everything is as well? Does that mean you work at the store? Can other people stop you? you during your shopping to find things for them? No. I can only imagine how a person like this would react if the shoe were on the other foot. God forbid they would have someone coming up to them and asking them for help. I'm sorry I had to take an Uber to your wedding, but I would have been late otherwise. My sister got married last weekend. I flew into town and my parents insisted that I stay with them instead of a hotel like I wanted. My parents are constantly late for everything. I think it's a Latin thing. I hate being late. I think it's disrespectful. The wedding was at 2.30. My folks live about an hour and a half from the church. Noon rolls up and my folks aren't even getting ready yet. They're adults and I'm over dealing with them. I get ready, I send for an Uber and I'm at the church for two. I check in with my sister. She asks me if I had any problems getting my parents to church. She went white and said I was responsible for getting them there on time. Well, nobody asked me to do that. I didn't even want to stay there. So now everyone starts calling my parents. They are getting ready. They were about 35 minutes late. The service was shortened because there was another wedding later that day. Everyone is still mad at me for not getting my parents there on time. My aunt said that I was a jerk for messing up the timing of the wedding. My mom says it's my fault for not reminding them to get ready. Am I the only one who thinks adults should be able to be more on time for their own kid's wedding without help? Am I the jerk? Alright, so for this one, as someone who also hates to be late for things, I can understand the frustration here. However, maybe this wasn't the best time to try and teach them a lesson. It's your sister's wedding, of course you don't want them to be late, of course your sister doesn't want them to be late. I would say your own feelings aside, yell at your parents, get them ready, get them in the car, and get them there. Your sister will be very happy you did. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all of the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.